So I just realized how much Guapo is my teacher. And there's been a lot of this in my life. And I'm just learning so much from this little dog who's a pain in the ass. But what I realize is that in many ways, this dog is me. He's super anxious, feels like he needs to, um, like he's got all this energy and all this stuff he wants to get out of him. For him, it's physical energy. Uh, for me, it's probably some physical energy too. Oh man, I smoked an incredible sativa this morning. Hold on, I gotta tell you guys this strain. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just ripped right now and it's purely a body experience. And I just want to move. I want to feel my body. I want to exercise. I want to be healthy and alive and feel vibrant. Oh, what is this? Shoot, I put it away. Um, hmm, that's too bad. I can't tell you this strain. Anyway, I think it's Sour D. You know what? I'm pretty sure it's Sour D. Now I see why this is such a popular strain. Or this is the mystery bud from my neighbor Buster. Either way. Okay, so I think what's happening is I'm having a very embodied experience. And I'm just noticing all this energy that I have. Like my body is saying, we need to move, we need to move, we need to kind of stretch, we need to get up, we need to get going. But I'm often not aware of that. I'm not aware of how much positive energy. It's almost like a sativa in a bit. Let's me be aware of the positive energy, you know, that needs to uh, go and do something. It wants to move the charged energy, maybe I should say, rather than positive. Um, and then an indica is almost like an, I don't know, sort of like a grounded. Uh, realize that everything's in place already. You know, be calm and trust. It's a little bit more of that feeling. So an indica is trust and a sativa for me is explore. Oh boy, and that may be functions too. That may be just revealing my real functions. So anyway, um, I'm sorry, I hope this makes sense to you guys. So I'm having this incredible embodied experience right now on this incredible sativa. Like I'm literally in my room and I'm like literally doing jumping jacks right now because it's raining outside and I have to move. Like I want my body to be appreciated. I want my body to be respected. I want it to be able to do what it needs to do. And it's just like Guapo, my dog Guapo, he is so often in the morning, like I can tell he's really antsy and I can tell that when I am farting around, getting things ready, he is, um, you know, he's kind of frustrated by that sometimes. And I'm playing with him right now as I talk to you. And what it is, is he's got all this energy because he's, he's either really aware or not at all aware of his own body. And I'm just realizing how much he's like me, right? Because when I was a kid, I was really hyper. I was all into my body. I was always trying to, you know, ride my bike and jump over something. I always wanted to be in the air upside down. I don't know why, but I just did. I wanted to be upside down in the water. I like to float. I just wanted to know this human experience. 
Um, but I was sort of never in the present. I was always exploring so much. Oh my gosh, this is exactly it. I was always exploring so much about like, oh, what's the new thing? What's the new thing? What's the new thing? What's the new thing? That I was never even present. Even when I saw the new thing and went over and got to explore it, I started to explore it. And then I started thinking like, oh, what's the next thing I got to get onto? Right? I'm started like I got bored so fast. Oh my gosh, just really lost interest really easily. And what that does is that has me on this constant in the go, you know? And it was physical for a long time, but then, you know, you get in trouble for that. You get in trouble for that in school. Um, and you just want to kind of like explore your body, what's going on with this body. You know, the things that used to keep us alive as humans is being to outrun the fucking tiger and to climb the tree to get that fruit. And it's not like you had tools and ladders and stuff. And you went out in the backyard and did it. You, there was no yard because there was no house. You know, humans were living off of the land. They had to build, there were no machines. You couldn't go to a store and buy a, a shovel or a, uh, I want to say fork, a rake, right? Or when you're eating, there's no utensils. Why would you bother making utensils to eat? That's, that doesn't make any sense. So our lives, right, as humans, before cities and stores and air conditioning and refrigerators and all that kind of stuff that we have today, before all that, we were freaking living outside, sleeping in the rain because we didn't even have a tent. We just tried to find some leaves to maybe keep it off our face, right? But you just learn to block out the world to get your rest. And you also, during the day, are totally engaging the world. You had to because you had to move. You were getting chased. You were looking for food. You were trying to gather resources. Think about this. If you were building, if you were trying to build something like a shovel that was durable, you would first have to learn how to carve materials, right? You'd be sharpening sticks with rocks. This is literally how you would make everything you, you own is you'd pick it up and you'd have to craft it. it what, there was no store, right? Everybody had to make their own shit and everybody got to deal with it their own way. It's like, you know what? If you don't, if you only want one little leaf covering your big old junk down there, then fine, whatever. Just play the game a little bit. <laughs> like if it starts to bother us too much, we'll start bitching more and you can put more, put a bigger leaf on, but you know, you know, back then there was that little kid that you want to run around naked. Today, when everybody walks around in clothes, and that's normal, fully clothed, there's still kids that want to run around naked. Because that's an embodied experience. Guapo, my little pooch here, seems to be, he's young. He's in his 20s, right? He's three years old, so like 21 and human, right? I think that's what they say. So he's at that age of just like college, high school and college. And you're like, oh, you feel like you can take on the world. It's before all of your fear 
and all of the you can't messages started to instill in you. You believed you could, right? And for you, maybe it was a younger time because maybe high school was tough. Middle school, middle school and early high school were the worst for me, but definitely middle school. I was the guy that everyone picked on, you know? There's a few in every school, but I was one of them. And it was because I was just this energetic, super creative, spazzy, exploring kid. And so when that started getting me in trouble, they they said, sit down and read this shit. When they started doing that and I get in trouble for moving, then I was just like, okay, I can, I taught myself. It's like, I taught myself to explore with my mind. It's like, okay, they're not, well, they don't let me actually get up out of my chair. So let me, and I don't want to sit and listen to this same boring lady for like five hours straight every day. So I'm going to like listen to her for like a minute. And then when she says something cool, I'm going to just think about that a lot. Right. And if so, if she was talking about something cool and interesting, then I would pay attention and I do really well in those classes because it was just my way of expending my youthful energy. Children are not made to sit in chairs eight hours a day, just sitting there passively absorbing the world around them. That's what school is. That's the problem with school. Sit there and be told what to do. And fucking A, I fell into that trap. I I believed them. I believed I should just sit there and be told what to do. And I did this like in school. I wasn't a great student because of the class was boring or the teacher didn't make me think about anything or presented it in a way that there was nothing to think about. There were never questions. There was just memorize this. I did terrible in those. But when I, man, when I had a chance to think, I just didn't stop. I would keep going. Like when I was a kid, how I would keep going in my body and they would be like, calm down, stop being so fidgety. You know, I've got all this energy. I just want to expend. But I always got in trouble for it because I'm weird, you know? I'm so hyper. I used to like trip on stuff and things all the time. Golly, that's what it was. Because I just wasn't paying attention to where I was in the moment. I was just like, I want to go somewhere. I want to go somewhere. I want to go somewhere. And the only reason I was like that in my body is because I'm like that in my mind. Just give me something new. Give me something like, let me see the new thing. Let me explore the new thing. But that was so unacceptable, you know, in the culture I grew up in. My dad does not like to hear a perspective other than the one he already has. He does not want to learn anything. He wants to confirm what he already knows. He gathers data. He gathers information. He learns more about his own idea. But he's 
completely unable to see his own blind spots because he's so invested in his own idea. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm sure a lot of inventors are that way. You come up with the idea. <clears throat> if you were to talk about it, everybody would say, ah, it probably won't work. You know, Einstein was ridiculed. Socrates was ridiculed and murdered by the state. Jesus was ridiculed and murdered because they were out of the norm. They weren't following the program. They were constantly exploring. All of them were also young. You know, they're in their 20s and 30s when their whole thing's going on. Maybe up into their 40s with Socrates and stuff. But these are people that like their whole life, all of us are after something. And what we're after is a full and complete human experience. Right? One that transcends the spirit and the body. And... It's really easy to get stuck in a couple quadrants. You can be really worried about what other people think. That's a big problem. You can also not give a shit at all about what anyone else thinks. And that's a problem. You can also be super, super, super like excited about like new things, new places, new experiences, new, you know, man, just give me like, uh, show me something new, show me a new material. Let's invent something, uh, you know, let's invent something that solves a problem. I don't know. It's just like, but just show me something new, right? Just like, give me the, like, I want to experience something new. Like I want to be able to touch it, smell it, feel it. Uh, Man, I, I just want that. Or it could be, I want to think of a new idea. I want to do something creative. I want to, I want to notice the connections, right? I don't want to look at this thing and that thing and that thing and that thing. I want to look at all of them and go, how are those things similar? And how are they different? Like, what can I learn about thing A by understanding more about thing B? That's how I am. So I don't want necessarily new um, new physical experiences anymore because I, I feel like that almost got crushed out of me. Like at one time I had ideas and energy, but I feel like I got in trouble for the energy. So I conformed and I let other people influence me. Oh my God, I'm discovering my own introverted self. Fucking hey. Yeah. So I was really physically active and in my mind and curious. Why, why, why? Always these books about facts. I remember I had this book about Encyclopedia Brown's book of amazing, incredible facts or something like a thousand and one things you won't believe are real. I, you know, I don't know what the name is, but it was that kind of thing. Guinness Book of World Records, encyclopedias, like just ghost stories 
and you know the metaphysical the loch ness monster fucking bigfoot like i was just like exploring all that stuff and then in my body i was just like riding my bike wanting to jump over the ramp all the time you know learn how to skateboard learn how to ride ramp and it was all just to explore in my body and in my mind And that can be really fun, but it also gets, for me, well, it gets beaten out of you by society. And some people stand up to it and some people succumb. So for me, I succumbed first to the body energy I want to explore and live a life. I succumbed to that first. And, you know, people would tell me I was clumsy. I wasn't clumsy, man. I was just trying to do, I was just trying to see if there's a way you can walk different. (laughs) What happens if you do two left steps and then a right. Can you do that? Oh, no, you can't. And somebody just looks at me. It's just because I was like in my thoughts or I trip over like the sidewalk, a little bump, you know, because you're still in your thoughts. You're not even looking at the road at all. But it was always that. Like my mom would come into the room. I just remember her coming and be just like, what are you doing? You know, because I'd be like hopping on a hand and just doing weird stuff, break dancing. It was like, can your body really move that way? How does that work? Well, let me explore it. Roller skating, surfing. Oh, my God. Okay, so I was all into that experience. But you start getting in trouble for that. You start, you know, I wasn't that great at all of it because I was never paying attention. I was skateboarding while thinking about surfing, you know? Like, it was still not fully into it. And because of that, I'd get hurt a lot, you know? And, um, yeah, and I think that that combined with realizing that I, I prefer the thinking part. I prefer the really weird stuff. Like, it got to be like, if I keep experiencing all this stuff, then I'll be doing the things that other people have done right? Because I'm doing these common things. I'm doing what other people tell me. Let me think about the thing that's like nobody's ever experienced. What is that? I'm exploring the world for that. I'm looking for the mystical. Uh, I'm looking for the truly unique experience. And so I went really into all this like religious stuff. And I had, I had legit, I believe completely legit, true experiences. Now what they were, I can't define, but I had true legit experiences. I had experiences in church where I felt things. I felt a presence the same way that you feel like when a storm is rolling in and you just feel like that cold, thicker, heavier air kind of weighs down on you. It's that, it's that type of feeling, right? There's no way to describe it. Like when you feel the pressure just kind of Barometric pressure change when you feel that. It's so odd. 
like the world around you literally started squeezing down on you a little more. Wow. So I've had those kind of experiences in church. I've had those kind of experiences looking at a sunset. I've had those kind of experiences watching a kid learn something new in my class that they were excited about. Oh man, that's one of my favorite experiences. Or in the youth group, seeing the kids. I remember I used to bring up these really controversial Bible studies just to get them going. I remember this kid. Can I say her name? Yes, I'm sure she'd be fine with it. Joni Kanoki. What a great kid. It, Trinity United Methodist Church in Pooler, Georgia. And I remember doing this Bible study the very first night, day on there as a youth pastor. And I walked in and I just played a whole game with them. I walked in and I sat down and I said, hey guys, you know what? I'm so stoked to be here. Like I really like playing games. I'm a PE degree. And, um, you know, like I'm kind of into the spiritual stuff, but I don't know, man. Like I think most people don't even know what they really believe. And, um, you know, and I'm not sure I do either. Like, you know, maybe there's no God. Let's just talk about that. And I started, you know, and just the way that I expressed it was almost like, look, I don't really believe this. And I kind of like expect you guys don't either. Right. But if we're quiet about it, we don't have to tell the grownups. It was totally just, oh, my God, I lied. But I didn't think of it as lying. I thought of it as like playing. Because my hope was not to benefit me. It was to benefit them. I was playing a game. And I just remembered Joni Kanoki saying something like, you know, I don't know what kind of youth pastor you are, but you don't. You know, like, I don't know, something like, I don't think you even believe in Jesus and you're going to hell. <laughs> I remember she was so fiery and feisty. What a great kid. I really liked her, but I couldn't figure out why at the time. Hmm. Thank you, Joni. That's a really great memory. It's one I think about a lot. And I, you know, and I think the reason is that over time I was, we were playing roles. I was sort of boxing with her, right? Like making her question all of her assumptions, giving her really good questions she couldn't answer. And I, and she was panicking and she's like, oh my God, I believe this, but I don't know why. And this guy's got all these great questions. And he's making me start to question, like his questions are too good. What if he's right and there is no God, but I, but there's gotta be right. That was how I made her feel. And then over the next couple years, I prepared her to not have to feel that way. I prepared her to have answers to those kind of questions, to really think about what her God experience was and then describe it to people. This is your faith. The Bible is not true in the sense that uh, it's an encyclopedia or a, not even word. Like I, people look at it, I think like an almanac. 
I don't think they even look at it as a story. They look at it like an almanac. An almanac and um, an employee handbook. Hey, we're going to kind of put a couple pages in this motherfucker so that you feel like... Um, like we're kind of on the same side. We're all excited to be with you. But the bottom line is the fucking rule book. And we're, we're kind of giving this to you and making you read it so that you know that if you step out of line on any of this bullshit, this is exactly how we're going to beat your ass. Now, that's not the intention of the employers. It's not even the intention of the people writing the rule book. But it's the result of being a little bit unaware of how important we need to balance all the perspectives of a thing. And it's so easy to be blind to your own perspectives because I hate the rule book people, right? Like I just rail against those motherfuckers. I can't stand it. And I don't hate them. I just hate the boring nothing to learn processes that they create. It's like, don't think, don't explore, do it this way. It's like, well, do you know how likely it is that there's a better way? Do you, uh, let's put it this way. Do you know how, how likely it is that your method that you already came up with is not exactly fucking perfect? Do you think this fucking rule book that you came up with, this policies and procedures bullshit, is literally the best thing that could ever be come up with? Now, I would love to have a discussion about those things, but to be told what to think and how to behave and what to do and, I don't know, it was like, I guess it was about expectations. That really fucking bothered me. Because I think at the end of the day, everybody's kind and generous. And it's the don't do this, don't do that bullshit is what hurts us when we judge other people. So for me as a kid, to get back to the original story, look at that. I got back to where I was going. I had all this energy. I was told don't don't do that. So I quit expending the external energy. Then I went all of my brain and I was super curious. And then school and all that stuff was just too easy. It was too available in books everywhere. So what I found in church was like, I could think about all of this non, sorry about that. I just had a phone call and it threw me off my train of thought. Doggone it. I didn't even answer it, but it just making sure I didn't lose this. Okay, so uh, I was a kid, a lot of energy. I was told, stop being so spazzy, stop being so weird. So I quit moving and then I went all into my brain. And I and I felt like in classes, I'd ask the questions, well, what about this? What about this? What about that? What about that? And in school, most teachers were like, oh my God, stop it with the questions. Just memorize this shit that I'm telling you. Make your information exactly the same as everybody else's information. Don't have a unique perspective. Don't look for some new way to look at this. Just fucking stand in line and memorize this shit. 
Oh my God. And that pissed me off. It still does. So I went to church because then in church, they loved it when I had those weird questions, right? What about this? And when you're not, when you're not a Christian and you're going to church and you're sincerely asking questions, they love you. They love all your questions. As long as you don't get emotional and you sincerely consider their answer, they love you. They're like, this is the greatest motherfucker. He's got such great questions. They go and talk to the pastor about it. Oh my gosh, this kid's got the best questions. They're, they're seeking. That's what we would say in the church. They're really like trying to figure out the deeper stuff. And we loved it when we were trying to get them in. Trying to come say this prayer, join the youth group, join the church, volunteer for the church. We loved all that energy. All those questions, all that seeking of a new way to do it. A new way to do their own life, to be in constant change to be in constant growth and evolution. Change is growth. It's growth forward in time, at least. Change, no, I guess change is not growth. Change is, change just happens. And it's good that the illusion where you get stuck is thinking that things won't change anymore. Thinking you got all the answers, you got it all figured out and you're done. But the church and really all institutions, I think, they get to a point and they're like, look, we figured it out. We're successful. Stop. Just keep doing exactly what got us here. But what got you off the first half of the mountain will not get you up the second half of the mountain. You need different gear. It's getting colder. You need to prep differently at night. You need more time to rest. The air is thinner. You've got to fucking change the plan, motherfucker, if you want to keep moving forward. Because if you don't move forward... You can never help anybody ever get better than you, and you will never be better than you are right then. So all of us have a blind spot. For me, my blind spot has been that I'm allowed to keep doing what I want to do, even if people tell me I shouldn't. If I'm not hurting anybody, if there's no damage coming from my actions, if a small group says, ew, we don't like that, I'm not conforming to that bullshit. I, they can find another group where 
people aren't trying to have a good fucking time. Where people aren't trying to learn and grow and improve and evolve and make things better. Get I, I don't want those people. Do you know what a pain in the ass it is to have somebody like that on your fucking team? Well, we never did it that way before. Well, um, tradition says. Well, uh, St. Augustine said. The manuscript. What the fuck? And if you, and you can do that, by the way, with an organization, you can do that with religion, and you can do that with science. We got all these science people who are these uh, kind of scientific atheists, militant. You know, they're as, as militant as the church. They're proselytizing. I think a lot of time it's peacocking. <clears throat> you don't really understand the shit. You don't understand the other side and you don't want to do the work that it takes to understand that other side. So I don't understand that religious woo-woo shit because I'm a censor. So fucking science, bitch. And I don't want to understand your perspective. You tried to make me, you tried to make me conform and that was a shitty thing to do. Church people. To try to make somebody, force somebody to conform. Tell them that they're wrong for questions or for research, for gaining other knowledge. But if you go to science, then you say, well, yeah, well, you know what? Fuck all those religious questions because those religious people were assholes. Well, why are they assholes? They're assholes for exactly the same you're being reason you're an asshole now, Mr. Dawkins. It's your fucking smug certainty in your asshole behavior your asshole way of treating other fucking people who have sincere questions and are on a sincere search. You don't scoff at a psychologist and there's probably a lot of psychologists that would say all this hard science stuff, what difference does it make? There's hippie scientists, or I mean, uh, therapists, psychologists, read Carl Jung. He was a mystical motherfucker. I'm reading them now for the first time. And the dude was religious. Uh, no, the dude was spiritual. The dude was seeking consciousness. What does it mean to be conscious? And there was a time when science, religion, you know, philosophy, poetry, I don't know. I guess the arts were always kind of a little bit different. There's sort of like the arts part. They're sort of the um, intellectual sciences part. And then there's sort of the hard sciences part. So it's creativity. And then non-creativity, concrete facts. And then there's that thing of trying to figure out how they fucking connect. That's sensing an intuition. And then when you make decisions, some of us are kind of like, well, I don't know, like, how is this going to affect people? 
a judge makes a decision and sometimes he's literally just like, what is the law? Letter of the law. And then sometimes a judge makes a decision and all of us, by the way, like this fucking judge a little bit more. Sometimes this judge looks at people and says, look, the book says this, but I can tell you made a sincere and honest mistake that you weren't trying to be a dick. So I'm, I'm going to, let me, I'm, I'm going to think of a sentence that I think is going to give you an experience. that's going to make you better, right? Yeah. There's rough childhood and everything else. Your time that you're going to serve, you didn't have a violent crime. You're some fucking accountant, right? Some stupid bookkeeping scheme or some bullshit like that. I don't know. Something stupid like that. Right. But he says, I, you know, you've got this career, you've got all this advice, you're a fitness guru, whatever. Go work with kids to serve your time. Go work with young teenagers or go work with kids in prison and help them understand their body, help them understand business, help them understand uh, psychology, like help them understand whatever, help them understand themselves, pastor. Help them ask the questions that they need to ask so they don't end up back here again. And there are different questions for all of them, by the way. Some of them need to learn to follow the rules, but some of them need to break them. They learn, need to learn to break the rules because the, the community that they're in, they're very susceptible to peer pressure and the community that they're in has a set of rules that happen to be illegal. So they're trying to fit in, they're in the wrong place. So what do we do? We put them in a place that's the greatest concentration of that kind of person, somebody who's just got a huge blind spot that they keep perpetuating. That is literally the only human problem. I'm going to chew ice. I wonder how loud this is going to be for you guys. Because <laughs> I'm using like an earbud thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, man. You know what? All of the situations in the world, all of the things in this life that are... Challenging. They can be solved, but we have to start listening to each other. Because it's the blind spot that the other person can see into that we can't see. And we need to talk face to face. Because the blind spot that we have can be best viewed by somebody standing right in front of us. I can't see what's behind me. If they're standing right in front of me, they're also looking at exactly what's right behind me. They also protect my front. I don't have to go project my message and shine my light out there anymore to 
to keep myself safe and to make my way because there's somebody right in front of me giving me an opportunity to learn a little bit about what's fucking behind me. So I need to stop right now. Since I don't see any danger ahead, I need to stop right now and hear what they're saying. Is there fucking danger coming? Because when somebody confronts us, that's always what they're saying. Fucking look behind you, you dumb motherfucker. I know you want to make more profit, but there's people down the river that are fucking dying because of the bullshit uh, policies you have at your factory or you're dumping these chemicals in there. There's this stupid fucking worm that is in high concentrations in this place where you're plowing down the fields and you don't understand that that's kind of like their home base is like their birthing hospital and those fucking worms feed on the trees that you're cutting down but they also supply an important nutrient in the ground and i'm i that's probably not how it all works but you get the idea there's some cycle you're going to disrupt and there's going to be long-term damage that you won't see it's not going to show up for a hundred years but it's going to happen Because you're plowing over something important, trying to build your shit. And every time there's somebody in front of us confronting us, looking into our blind spot and trying to explain it to us, when we plow them over, we destroy the place that has the medicine we need. We destroy that worm. And because we destroy that little worm in front of us that we could just roll over and not listen to because we had that power and we used it, they were trying to stop us and we kept going anyway. So we plowed over that little worm. And now our grandkids aren't going to be able to work this little farm, this little empire that I'm building because the trees aren't going to be growing anymore. And what I had was a nursery. What I had was a lumber mill. And I destroyed the thing that makes my resource appear. I'm a businessman and I treat my customers and employees like shit. I'm destroying the thing that makes my resources appear. I'm a political person or an idealist of some sort, an ideologue, maybe I should say. I stand behind this idea. And you know what? I'm going to even kind of lie and manipulate a little bit because this idea is the most important one. And I destroy the people who have the answers that I need. Like the people that crucified Jesus. Dude, like literally in committing crimes. He's just saying, love your neighbor, love yourself, you know. Don't steal, don't lie. Be cool to people. Someone needs help, help them. And they murdered him? 
There were people so mad about that that they killed him. That's the inspirational story of the Bible. It's the inspirational story of every inspirational story. Somebody knew they had to do something weird. They went out and they fought a dragon. They, they tackled this big obstacle that was in their way. They overcame it, rose out of the ashes like a phoenix, and returned home a hero. It's every fucking story. For Buddhism, the story is this whole life. Oh, look, there was consciousness, and you just kind of like <clears throat> appeared in bodily form. And then the Buddha figured out, I had everything in the fucking world, and it didn't even matter. What difference does it make if I've got a palace and all these women I want, and I never see any pain and never ever, like, I don't know. Like, I fell down the other day, and oh, it's kind of cool. We teach kids that when they're babies, they fall down and we go, oop, oh boy. And we make it like it's no big deal. And then they get a little bit over and they fall down and we go, oh my God, honey, are you okay? And we teach them to be afraid. And I was going to wrap up with thinking and feeling. We make decisions based on two things. We either read it in a book somewhere, we've got facts, we've got data. Or we're thinking about how it's going to affect people. And you can see the obvious problems with focusing solely on one and ignoring the other. If it's only on the facts, people won't listen to you because you're an asshole in how you communicate it. You don't care about how people feel when you talk to them and give them your facts. <clears throat> if it's feelings, you're still worried about how they feel. You won't. You won't tell them that they're drinking too much. You won't tell them that they're fucking lazy and that they're bitching all the time. You won't tell them that they need to stop being so confrontational. And in that, you encourage them in their weird emotional outbursts, just like mine. I'm a weird emotional outburst guy. Golly, really weird emotional outbursts. Yep. Definitely have feeling as a demon. Yep. Hmm. That must have been hard. <clears throat> Think about my dad. My dad, I don't think he's comfortable with emotions much doesn't understand it and so you know he's this kid that I just cried I laughed so emotional and so full of like energy and life and my dad is very much not that way hmm. yeah he likes to just kind of sit and enjoy his stuff And I like to explore. So yeah, we were kind of at odds. Great teachers for each other. We just, you know, because we never listened to each other, we never talked. 
we didn't get to share that message with each other. <clears throat> That's exactly how it is with all of us. Man, I went so far. A lot of great stuff in here, though. How long is this? 20 minutes. You know what? I'm going to call that a win. I think I covered a lot in here. A lot of great ideas um, for me, anyway, in my book and what I'm thinking about writing, what I wanted to start doing. Thank you so much, Objective Personality people. It's important. Um, it's important work that you're doing because by being able to define these things really clearly, we can do the work to figure them out. You guys are doing a great job of identifying them. I want to do the task of figuring out how we use them. How do we use this information? How do we, you discovered the atom. Now I'm saying, great. How do we break it? How do we combine it? How, you know, how do we make new chemicals? How do we force new chemical bonds? How do we force an understanding of how atoms work? Hmm. Your little uh, diagram looks like atoms. Anyway, shout out to, uh, uh, what are their fucking names? Shannon. Uh, Dave, Shannon, Dave. You guys are hilarious and inspiring. So yeah, so that's my thing. Cause you guys talk about SE, you're so crazy. You're like, what's going on with us? This is it. This is why I liked you so much. Cause you guys were showing me my blind spot and you weren't being mean about it. Even though you call me stupid fucker and flick me off all the time. I really like that. It draws me to you. Oh, so I need to be offensive cause it draws people. Oh yeah. I need to be on that jabby punch, punch edge. Oh, so that's masculine. That's masculine. F-E, no, T-E, with my, here's my info, here's my info, boom, 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 pow, 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 huh, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I know this sounds like rambling to so many people, unless you really follow and somewhat understand the objective personality typing system, check out um, objective personality online, just type it up, <clears throat> YouTube videos are the best way to figure it out. You guys are on to, you guys are mapping. You guys are mapping the human experience. And what I want to do is explain it. I want to explain it to people so that they can learn how to use the functions that they have and also how to use the functions they don't have in other people by being compassionate, by listening, by understanding. Because when you do that, when you hear it more, you won't generate that idea yourself. But since you don't have the N-E, you can use your N-I to recall everything that all weird hippie fucking cuckoo gypsy motherfuckers ever said. That's why they compensate and that's why they're upside down and balance each other out because they have to. It has to be a dynamic tension and that's so you can't do that. That's, to, you know, when you put things like you guys are doing the diametric opposites and you're right, those are the poles. But like you say, nobody's ever all one thing and not the other because there's a dynamic tension in it. You call it a coin, but it's not. It's a seesaw. I understand that you're trying to define the terms and that's important, 
ah, I see what's happening and I see where the hole is. You guys are doing great work. You guys are doing science work on personality. Legit science. Oh yeah, you knew that probably already. See, you can see that clearly, can't you? Man, I'm totally rambling now. Wow. Man, I am excited. I am excited about this new journey for me. I am super excited that I figured all this out. I'm super excited that it was raining and Guapo and I played in the garage. And you know what? He seems really mellow, nice and mellow. I think, yeah, it's he's so anxious. He was so anxious. That's why he's such a spaz. He can learn. I should teach him how to do, um, where is he coming? See, I walked out of the room and he has to come be with me. Hey, bud. I bet I can teach him to do yoga with me if I just teach him that it's fun, you know, that it's good to follow me, to do the same thing as me. Because, yeah, this little guy, he just needs a little bit of love and attention. That's exactly what it is. He's so afraid of being hurt that he plays it all aggressive. It's just because he can't relax. It's okay, buddy boy. I'm just sitting here on the on the uh, carpet, laying, laying down, just petting him, and just seeing how calmed he is when I just pet him and give him some physical touch and attention. Like I'm just going around, kind of just petting him different places, and kind of like just grabbing his leg and like, hey, feel that muscle there? That's good. Just be aware of that. How it feels? Because he's got just this nervous energy all the time, so I don't think. He thinks much about his body unless he gets like in a flow state playing catch or chasing a squirrel. If he can learn to be more of his body and stop overthinking at all, he won't be so anxious. Oh yeah, that's what anxiety is and that's why cannabis helps me. Alright, this is the longest one ever probably, but I'm really glad for it. This has started something new for me.